You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Coaching Inn. I'm Claire Pedrick and today it's my pleasure to have as my guest, author and coach, Leslie Roberts, who's just written a book called Coaching Outdoors, which as you will all well know, I rather like. <laughs> Leslie, welcome. Hey Claire, it's lovely to meet you and I'm very privileged to be invited to be part of the podcast. Great, well you're very welcome. You need to know you're talking to a walking addict here. Um, tell us about your coaching journey and then we'll find out about the book. Well, Claire, I want to dive into you being a walking addict, but I, I, I'll hold fire. Maybe we'll get to that. Um, so my coaching journey, I think probably for me, coaching began before I even realised what coaching was, if I'm honest. So when I was at university, I spent quite a lot of time up in the hills, up in Scotland, in the mountains. I was a member of the University Mountaineering Club and the degree I was doing at the time was studying to be a PE teacher. Ah. Um, but when I went outdoors with all of the mountaineering uh, group, we spent quite a lot of time just pondering life, the universe and everything inspired, I think, by a lot of the natural surroundings. And we had many nights under stars, possibly with a glass of wine or a beer, um, just mulling over conundrums and problems and challenges in life really mm. and that was probably the start of my coaching journey although I wouldn't have known it as such at the time yeah and then uh yeah so then I worked with uh children in a secondary school and that was definitely a bit more teaching than coaching if I'm honest there were some coaching moments but the majority of that was teaching um and then I moved from there to work with youth at risk um, in the Highlands of Scotland. And that mm. was 100% coaching work. That was wow. inviting those young people to reflect on their behaviours, to reflect on their choices, to consider the options that they had to make different choices. And we used the outdoors as a medium for that work. And... I loved it. It is the best and the most rewarding job that I ever had. I loved wow. every minute of it. And then I went a little bit more, I guess, what people would call normal. So I joined the corporate world. I joined Mars Inc. And I was with Mars for 16 years. And I had a number of different roles within the organisation. Um, but in the main, I was in a commercial role for eight years and then a people development role for eight years. And when I went into those people development roles, I started bringing back in all of that wonderful experience um, and inspiration that I'd had while working outdoors mm. into the coaching and into the development conversations and inviting individuals and teams to step out of the office to do that work. Um, and it was great. I mean, I loved that organisation, great organisation to work for and a huge number of opportunities for me as a result of working for Mark. So hugely privileged to have had that experience and then started my own um, coaching and development businesses so I have two I've got Brave Conversations and Coaching Outdoors and I've been continuing um, my coaching work uh, through those forums these days. Wow wow 
So what was the inspiration behind the book, Leslie? I think I just, I'd started to realise I was doing a lot of work outdoors. And I, whilst I thought that was kind of normal, people were starting to say, oh, Leslie, you do this stuff where you work outdoors in collaboration with nature. How do you do it? And a little bit like, uh, I think when people do something inherently or something that's natural to them, sometimes that's quite hard to articulate. You just think, well, can everyone do that or doesn't everyone do that? And I began to realise as more and more people asked, oh, actually, maybe they don't. And also I was aware that when I was working outdoors, I felt I was a better coach ah. than when I was indoors. And I noticed the impact for clients and the um, being outside for them seemed to have a deeper impact in terms of the coaching work we did. And so when I did my MSc in executive coaching at Ashridge Business School and I did my dissertation on coaching outdoors to try and unpack some of that, to try and help me to understand you know, what was different for me, what was different for the coachee. And again, whilst I didn't know it at the time, that was probably the start of the book. Um, and then when we went into lockdown, I planned to run two um, coaching outdoors programs for coaches. I was planning to run full day programs in person and do them in the grounds at Ashes Business School because it lends itself beautifully to coaching outdoors. And we couldn't do that because um, COVID came along. And so we changed the programme to being an online programme, which was quite a leap of faith, if I'm honest. And ironic. Was, and ironic, given that I was blethering on about the benefits of being outside. And here I was delivering an online programme in collaborating with nature. But I found a way to make it work and it was really impactful. And in that journey, again, of creating that those two programmes, that also was in part me writing the book. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably where it began, really. Yeah. So what is it that makes you a better coach by being outside? Gosh, there are so many different facets. And I think everybody's story is different. Every coach's story is different. But there are some, I think, key commonalities from the research that I've done and the coaches that I've had the privilege to work with who've and joined me in those coaching programs there are some key themes so one of them is about um we are uh, as coaches we seem to be more natural what comes to us or comes through us arguably um uh, just come more effortless in our coaching questions pauses creativity mm. it seems less process focused and less cerebral and more instinctive so it feels lighter mm -hmm. when working in collaboration with nature and in particular outdoors and I'm, I'm quite clear there are we can work in collaboration with nature virtually we can work in collaboration with nature on the phone both outside but different locations and then we could be together outside um but certainly outside it and together seems to be, you know, the if you could say it was an ultimate optimum, that would be it. But the others work I mean, mm. well too. Um, there's, so there's, well. there's something about walking, isn't there? Because we often invite 
coaches to go, to walk and coach because you get your timing right because they only look at you if they want you to speak and if they don't want you to speak they don't look so suddenly a load of questions just go in the bin or in the gutter or in the ditch don't they I think it's more spacious. It's more spacious for the coachy and the coach. You know, there's no, there's none of that horrible. We're staring at each other as mm. you and I are now. You know, staring mm. each other over a screen. You're side by side, so it's collaborative, and you're on the journey together. So I think that's coaches notice that spaciousness and the creativity, that momentum and the movement. We know that that makes us more creative, mm. and coaches feel that and you know co- coaches I've spoken to talk about you know and I you know brought in this exercise I've never used it before but I gave it a go to see what would happen they they're also braver it seems less risky less intense so there's less risk if you offer something and and it may resonate or not for a coachee but it seems less of a risk to offer it and you can follow your gut can't you I I remember coaching somebody who's very extroverted and we went for a two-hour walk and um, she's probably listening, so you know who you are. But I'm not going to talk about your name. And and there were three or four moments on that conversation where some really deep insight happened, none of which were shared with me, really, but each of which were associated with a very particular movement that was, you know, very visible Things. So one of them, she kind of held her hands out and spun round in a big circle. And then there was another, you know, they were they were all like that. And we got back to the office. The deal was that we'd get back to the office in time that she could then capture what she wanted to remember. And she said, well, what did I say? Well, most of what she said, she said to herself and not to me. And I said, oh, well, there was this moment and did a sort of spinny thing. And she goes, oh, yes. And she writes it all down. And then I went, and then there was that looking over the field thing. And she, oh, yes. And what was really interesting about that was she was able to actually recall the things that mattered by recalling the movement. And what a beautiful description as well of nature was coaching in collaboration with you. There were three of you in that relationship. Yeah. So in those moments where she was looking over the field or had her arms out, there were more than the two of you there, which absolutely a lightness that comes for coaches of somebody else being in it. And for the coachee of these anchor moments of things that they are seeing or smelling or feeling, it might be warmth or cold, and they can be anchor moments too. It's beautiful, Claire. I love that. And the coach stops writing notes. Thank goodness. Oh, bliss. Absolutely. <laughs> Claire, you talk, I, I realise it's your interview, I shouldn't be asking questions, but I'm desperate to ask about your walking. You said you do a lot of walking. I do a lot of walking. Every every so often I go for a very long walk. So I've just done the Camino in Spain. Oh, amazing. Uh, and I'm just writing something about silence and remembering that 20 years ago I did the Sinai Desert. What incredible experiences. Yeah, because there's learning, isn't there, out, outside. And in fact, there's a bit about both of the walks in the, in the new book that I'm writing because, you know, one of the things about silence is that it's com- the complete absence of sound 
But in most walking, in most places outside, there isn't a complete absence of sound because there's still other noises going on. And they're noises that we can tune into, aren't they? So, yeah, so I've, I've moved to the countryside and I walk all the time. Oh, wonderful. And there's, and there's a real richness, I find, to self-coaching in our own walking. We don't need yeah. to be with a coach and we don't need to be coaching. Exactly. I went out for a walk this morning and something as simple as I looked across a field and something looked undone. And I was drawn to the undoneness and curious about why that had resonated with me and what I took from it and somebody else might have taken something very different but what I took from it was a loosening of something and I recognized that within me at the moment in my journey in life there is a loosening and it's really lovely and I hadn't you know I don't think consciously aware of it and today I had a little moment that nature offered me. Wow. It's a gift that nature, it, yeah. she's yeah. there. And yeah. Have on, Sat- on Saturday, I went to um, a festival of ideas and uh, there was somebody there who was doing a session on mindful looking effectively. And it was really extraordinary. I, I've asked her if she'll come on the podcast so that we can talk more deeply. But it was it, it was the idea about really noticing what's going on in nature. And of course, that develops our skills, doesn't it, in terms of noticing other things in our coaching conversations. Mm, absolutely. And everybody notices something different most of the time. And you and I could look at the same thing or do some mindfulness of being outdoors and see something which resonates very differently for you than it does for me no right answers it's wonderful yeah so what's your hope for your book my dreams for the book would be realized if as many coaches or line managers and line managers picked it up and took something from it which was in service of either their development personally or in service of the development of the people that they work with. That's one dream. And the other is to engage people with nature Mm -hmm. and the natural world. Uh, Because we know, well, certainly through the research of Derby University, there's the nature connectedness framework. And one of the strands of that is if we fall in love with nature, we we have more of a desire to protect it. And I, I really uh-huh. believe that. So the more that we can interact with nature in different ways, through building a relationship with it, through having a senses connection with it, and my word's not theirs, falling in love with nature, we will protect it. And I guess that's you know the ultimate aspiration is that it creates more momentum around protecting the planet that yeah. we live on yeah but step and one is about the coach yeah. and the line manager having amazing an enhanced relationship and some personal development and the um the new economics foundation have got their five steps to well-being haven't they their five ways to well-being that include being active which may or may not be outside and taking notice 
yes. is one of the things that they say is a is a way to well-being so absolutely and there is so much well-being to be had if, if you know take coaching aside just being outdoors and walking or even sitting in nature if you can't walk but sitting in nature mm. that brings that lovely well-being benefit which both coach and coachee feel and experience from being outside or from looking out a window I mean there's other research isn't there around and I'm looking to my right because that's where my window is but even 20 seconds of looking at a natural view has a well-being boost versus mm. me looking at a computer screen mm. Mm. yeah getting out of our heads and into our spirits really mm. isn't it absolutely so what most surprised you when you were writing okay that's a question i've been asked before um I think about the process of writing, and I have written some articles for some magazines since, has been how much I learn every time I write. I learn something new, even if I'm writing about a topic that I'm familiar with. When I, I always think, oh, there's a thought I haven't had before. I go, oh, there's a thought I hadn't had before. And I'm always wondering when I'm writing, is this making sense? So I'm sort of trying to see it from a, a third person perspective as well. Um, putting myself into others' shoes. So I think it's just a continual learning is probably what surprised me most. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, great. I would agree with that. I've, uh, we're just finishing another book and one of the issues is no more new ideas end of no more new ideas and then you think well, I've just had another one and it's really good yes <laughs> and I also I, this one I don't know about you but I also think gosh there's so much I still don't know that also Absolutely. comes up and particularly in the in the field of coaching outdoors and whilst in on the one hand it's very ancient on the other hand in the modern world it's quite new and there is little and you know, lots of people want evidence research numbers data there's so little modern research in this field. When I'm writing, I think, gosh, I'm writing this down. Are people going to think Leslie's just made it up? <laughs> and I think, gosh, the opportunities there, if people chose to research in this field, there are a plethora of opportunities to do that. Mm. Part of me is slightly drawn to that. and Part of me wants to push against it because I think, well, that's not what nature does. No, just open the door and go outside. Yeah. <laughs> Nature doesn't say, oh, I, a tree, I can't grow here because nobody's done the stats on the soil quality. Mm. Let's get on mm. with it. And there's a rhythm, isn't there? I've worked with a few people where we've chosen to, to walk and talk. Um, and the rhythm of when you get to the corner or when you get round the block again or whatever it is that actually brings a lovely pace to the conversation and there's so much more data available to the coach when you recognize if you are meeting a coachee outside and you are walking what pace are they walking at are they walking fast are they walking slow do they have their you know are they connected to the environment around them or are they in their head and very absorbed with 
the gigantic to-do list, for example. Mm. And that is more data than you have ordinarily together inside. And the opportunity to influence that pace without saying anything. Exactly. Which, thank gosh, so multifaceted. Mm. Mm. And it's a much easier way to engage in partnership, isn't it? Because you're actually doing something together. Yes. Yes. And, so, and side by side often. Yeah. 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 Where do you normally, when you're outside, Claire, where do you normally work? Uh, so just walking and talking with people. In an urban environment or a rural? No, uh, well, I live in the country now. Um, and I and I lived in a garden city, which was a town in the country before. I have a, I have a, people do steal my business plan because I don't think I've got time to do everything that is in my head. But, you know, one idea now we live in the countryside would be to have people come do an Airbnb for the weekend, have a coach, a walking coaching session on Friday, they Airbnb and relax all weekend. And then we have another session on Monday. Um, I just think I'm not going to do it because that's not where my life is now, but I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah, I agree. Um, so somebody gets a nice break and they get a, a session at the beginning of their thinking process, which, of course, would have started when they got on the train or in the car. Yeah. And then and then another one kind of 48 hours later as yeah. they begin the next bit of their journey, when, of course, they'll keep doing the work. But it's like a, it's like a retreat. Sounds beautiful. Do you know? I worked with somebody for a lot, many, many years, and he would always choose to work face to face because there was always at least a two hour journey from where he began to where we met. And the whole plan of that was he would stop for breakfast and he would start getting into his into the mode of over breakfast and then he'd get back in the car or on the train and then we'd he'd get there early. So whenever I arrived, he'd always be having coffee. And then we'd have our session and then we'd have lunch and then he'd then he'd go and then he'd have tea on the way home. So by the time he'd finished his coaching session, which was an hour, he'd have spent seven, eight or nine hours engaged in the process, which is just such an important thing, isn't it? Wow. If only every coach could do that. Yeah. And some people just go straight out of the meeting into the next one without a breath, don't they? And then they lose the learning. I completely agree. I completely agree. And in the world today, that is, I suspect, what the majority of people are doing. And it's one of the benefits of being outdoors is that there is a transition from the office or the virtual meeting. There is a transition from that to the outdoor environment, which I think really helps. And then there's that transition back, whether it's back to the office or back to the virtual meetings or back to home life and all of the things that that has those brackets on either side, I think, gosh, your previous client, my goodness me, they had the best yeah. model for it. I mean, that's optimum, isn't it? But um, I kind of want to say to people, if you've got 90 minutes with somebody, you don't have to be working for 90 minutes. You could do a kind of 15-minute coffee thing at the beginning, and then you could leave them in the room at the end of the hour so they've got 15 more minutes just to do what they need to do to get in their head to go back into the workplace I think I think we 
I don't think we use coaching enough as a process. It's such a great provocation. Mm. So even if you take, I mean, you were saying, did you walk around the block? As I'm thinking out loud, you know, if you're walking around the block with somebody, what you do is you make sure the coaching ends as far away from the office as possible, not on the doorstep. Yes. (laughs) Because then they have to walk back. And again, that gives value, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yes. And even if it's around the car park. So I used to coach some people um, in Slough, which is not the most glamorous place in the world. Forgive me, listeners, if anyone is from Slough, um, on the industrial estates. And uh, I would always try and finish at the opposite end of the car park. Exactly. So that exactly it looks that journey back again. It was quite a big car park. That journey back across the car park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really matters. Mm-hmm. It really matters. So, if you were going to say something to our listeners to really inspire them to think about coaching outdoors, what would you want them to hear? I would say, give yourself the gift of an hour and a half's walk or time in nature on a day uh, when you have the time after that hour and a half just to do a moment or two of journaling and reflect how you felt before you went out and how you feel coming back and if you had any light bulbs or insights while you were on that walk would be my invite my invite would always be to start with you and your connection with nature and see where that takes you i would add siri is your friend do you know i can't tell you how many times i'm talking to siri on my phone tells you what brand i am in the middle of a walk because i've just had a really big insight and somebody's walking their dog coming in the other direction and they go, sorry, what did you say? I'm talking to my phone. You want to go, actually, there's nobody at the other end. It's just me and Siri yeah. who's recording it. I love it. I do take a folded piece of paper. When it's just me on the walk, I take a folded piece of paper and a small ah. pen. But, do you know, I often find I don't use it. Mm. I, do take, I often take them if I'm doing a self-coaching walk. Yeah. For that purpose. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you spend the second half of the walk saying, what was it I had to remember? I, had to remember I meant to this. remember this, I meant to remember this. <laughs> I always offer my clients, actually, a small notepad and pen that will fit into their pockets. And most say, no, thank you. But I have had one or two who say, yes, please. And then sometimes use it and sometimes don't. But I have one who we made time each time that we were outdoors to stop and walk. And if it's a hard back, notepad that sort of fits in the palm of your hand yeah you don't need to be sitting if there's nowhere to sit at that moment you can still write on the hardback notepad very uh, clever (laughs) i know she found it really valuable because that was her hurdle to having our coaching conversations outside she really 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 wanted to go outside but she said i'm really attached to my pen and paper i said well for goodness sake let's take pen and paper with us let's not let that be the thing that stops us Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it worked brilliantly for her. And it was so such a simple solution. Of course. Brilliant. 
So your book, Leslie, is Coaching Outdoors, The Essential Guide to Partnering with Nature in Your Coaching Conversations by Leslie Roberts and published by our friends at Practical Inspiration. Yes, indeed. And if people want to contact you and talk more about Coaching Outdoors, Leslie, how do they get in touch with you? Oh, my. So I am on all of those social media channels. And I'm sort of slightly um, quietly saying that because it's not my favourite cup of tea, if I'm honest. Um, but you can find me if you literally just put in Coaching Outdoors. I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And LinkedIn, I'm under Leslie Roberts as a personal profile, but I'm also under Coaching Outdoors as the business profile. And you can drop me an email. It's info at coachingoutdoors.com. Perfect. Thank you very much, Leslie Roberts. Absolute pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. You've been at The Coaching Inn. I'm Claire Pedrick, and I've been talking to Leslie Roberts. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual hub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.